Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, we're going to find out what song got Briston Maroney hooked on Sonics. But uh, first, it's time for another round of Buried Treasures. These are records, Jim, that you and I have been accumulating over the last few weeks, months, uh, that we have been uh, eager to play, haven't had a chance to on the show yet. Maybe they aren't huge mainstream releases, but we have found something of considerable merit to them that we want to share with our listeners. Absolutely, Greg. Uh, Stuff that we're excited to dig deep and unearth. I'm going to lead us off. I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama for a band called People Years that is putting out an album called Animalism uh, in early April. Uh, There were already some tracks out there on the web. Uh, Wow. Okay. Mm. You know, so first I saw Birmingham, Alabama, and these guys, uh, uh, you know, are are of a certain age. They've been kicking around there in the South in different groups uh, for years uh, and now have this band that has coalesced around the songwriting and production of Chris Rowell. And, um, uh, you know, I, I was intrigued by this letter. It's like, hey, GM, pay attention to Birmingham. Uh, and, and it's like this short story they wrote about uh, being being fascinated with Luna and Pavement and Pink Floyd and LCD sound system and, and a girl who likes that music too and uh, she's a goth and you shoot a spitball at her and, it, yeah. and she, she despises Americana and nothing you do will get her attention. And I'm like, all right, this is a great short story. If these guys write one 100th as good a songs as they've written a press release and uh, – and it's blowing me away. I mean, it's this wonderful combination of, indeed, rather a psychedelic pop, uh, atmospheric keyboards and guitar with wonderful, just timeless uh, power pop hooks, you know, and they can sing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm going to play uh, what is their first single from the forthcoming Animalism album. It's called Commonly Known by Birmingham, Alabama's People Years on Sound Opinions.
People Years is the band. Uh, what a cool song, commonly known. Yes, uh, new wave-ish power pop. I'm going to stick in that realm with my first pick, Jim. A uh, band out of Chicago named Beach Bunny uh, that caused quite a stir uh, last year with a song called Prom Queen. Mm. Blew up on that TikTok platform. I know you're a big TikTok <laughs> fan. Um, uh, well, I only log on to see yeah. you dancing at yes. home to Nicki Minaj. Short-form videos that uh, illustrate uh, various dilemmas and, and concerns <laughs> of the young people of the world. And uh, believe me, Beach Bunny is connected uh, with that audience in a big way. Lily Trefilio, the lead singer in the group, is um, a young woman who has dealt with anxiety issues in her life, very transparent about that, uh, eating disorders as, as such, and talks about them very transparently in her songs. At the same time, she has an incredible gift for writing hooks, mm-hmm. melodies, these bridges and choruses that she uh, comes up with. If you YouTube any one of their concert performances that are floating out there on the net, you will see these mass sing-alongs with song after song at their shows. It's very cathartic for our audience. So even though you're getting these songs filled with anxiety, you're getting these incredibly cathartic moments out of them because of the the strength of those melodies. Their uh, debut album is just out. It's called Honeymoon. It basically traces the arc of a relationship uh, that she went through, but at the same time, approaching it from different angles, uh, different takes on, on, on the same subject. And each song could be a single. It's one of those records you go song after song after song, just hits you hard, really well-crafted songs. Started out as a bedroom artist, now has a quartet. Here is Cuffing Season from Beach Bunny, the Honeymoon LP on Sound Opinions. That is cuffing season from Beach Bunny. If you're wondering what cuffing season is really all about, I was. Uh, it's that time between the fall and winter when uh, people who have not had a mate 
uh, decide, hey, I really would like to cocoon with somebody this winter. Wow. So cuffing season, it's a thing, you okay. know? Okay. I, I didn't know that. You've edumacated me. There, there you go. Um, you know, what I was thinking was this: the exuberance, right, and also the communal aspect of what Beach Money is doing. It, it was as if, like, Veruca Salt yeah. uh, combined with Screeching Weasel. Yeah. When everybody would sing those weasel songs, everybody, you know, 200 kids in a VFW yeah. hall uh, getting behind the band. Exciting stuff. Uh, they're they're going to be a band to watch. Um, Greg, Buried, Buried Treasure, you know, it, it's a weird idea. Sometimes an act can be, uh, you know, have really accomplished something, and yet nobody knows uh, what kind of music they are making on their own. I am thinking of the hip-hop producer Knowledge, who is about to drop at the end of March uh, a very ambitious record called 1988. Now, Knowledge, and it's spelled K-N-X-W-L-E-D-G-E, but it's pronounced Knowledge. Mm -hmm. He got a Grammy for working with Kendrick Lamar on uh, How to Pimp a Butterfly, part of the production team. He's also had a duo with Anderson Pack, the rapper who is is very well known. But, uh, you know, he is on Bandcamp with several hundred <laughs> instrumental hip-hop beats. And his true love is these kind of uh, hypnotic loops, vaguely psychedelic loops with these lo-fi textures. Um, you know, think of like the, the Stax Volt band maybe jamming with beat-up old instruments in Jack White's basement, mm-hmm. right? And and it's just fantastic. He's been giving this music away. Uh, lots of other hip-hop artists are using the his beats as backgrounds and now he has uh, is putting out this mostly instrumental sometimes we have a little my life in the bush of ghosts kind of sampled uh, accidental vocal on here and uh, it's just really exciting the two tracks out there are really good so far I'm really looking forward to the whole album I'm gonna play learn which is a single uh, from from this forthcoming album by knowledge on sound opinions So that is Learn by Knowledge. I forgot to tell you, the album is called 1988. 
acknowledge claims, and I don't know how much he's putting <laughs> us on here, that he was a baby in his diaper, that mom left alone with uh, somebody in the family had a vintage SP-12 sampler, and baby knowledge uh, was, was making baby knowledge sounds into the <laughs> sampler, and some of those are, are forming a basis for this album. Oh. I don't know. It's a great story. Yeah. I don't care if it's I true. I don't know if it's true, but it sounds good. You know, when, uh, when in doubt, print the myth, right? Uh, yeah, it, 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 but it's neat to, to have an album called 1988, which is, is coming from his infancy. Well, you mentioned uh, Kendrick Lamar, Superstar Connect with uh, Knowledge. Uh, Rev 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 is a band from Odina, Italy, the same city that uh, gave birth to Luciano Pavarotti. Small world. Opera doesn't have a lot of connection to this music, but you know, maybe, you know, think of it as an opera of noise and thick psychedelic textures and I like the combo of the pummeling drums and the electronic rhythms, you know, the live drums mm-hmm. with the electronic rhythms as part of this. This is a band that uh, has been around since 2013. This is their third album, Kaikian, it's called. Produced by James Aparicio. Jim, you probably know that name from some spiritualized uh, work that he's done. Oh, yeah. So there's a little bit of that vibe going on here. Uh, this is just revved up, psychedelic um, noise rock, and I love it. Rev, rev, rev with clutching the blade from the Kaikion LP on Sound Opinions. Rev, 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 clutching the blade. Greg with the noise rock metal goth kind of a <laughs> That's heavy duty, man. I love but it. But what would you expect? This week, we've also invited uh, a guest for some buried treasures. Alicia Sweeney is the midday host at Colorado Public Radio's Indie 102.3. She's going to share a couple of her picks. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So uh, you know how we play the Buried Treasures game. This is, this is artists that we've been loving that should be getting more attention and haven't as yet. And you've got two suggestions for us. Yes, I do. Some under-the-radar acts that you should know. Should we start in Denver? Yeah, yeah. You're there, right? Are you yeah. in Denver right at this moment? Okay. You're not on like a ski lift right now. 
No, it, it, maybe after we record this. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's start with the Denver act. All right, Denver vintage indie pop duo Tennis. And they have a new album out. It came out on Valentine's Day, and it's called Swimmer. And I'm really impressed with this new record from them. It's their fifth release. They started up their own label called Mutually Detrimental. And this new album sounds like it draws from like late 70s to mid 80s pop records. Now, Tennis been around for a while, since yeah. 2010, right? Yeah. And they have this sweet backstory. They're this husband-wife band. Mm -hmm. They both grew up here in Denver. And even though they are in this landlocked state, Patrick Riley and the band, he always had an interest in sailing. So about a decade ago, they took their first sailing trip and music was born out of that experience. And they just have grown from there. And I think they're authentic in what they do. And I love their vibe with each record. So people who've been sleeping on tennis, Alicia, what is it that's exciting about this new album's just coming out? I, For me, I'm drawn to Elena Moore, the front woman, her vocals. She's very careful with all of her words that she writes her songs with. And her vocals remind me of a little bit of nostalgia from that crazy for you era from Madonna mm. as I explore this record. And so I've been really drawn to that. And specifically for the song Need Your Love, she told me that with each tennis record, that there's always a song on the album that represents her. There's one that represents her, and then there's always one that represents Patrick. And this is one that she's deeply inspired by, my buried treasure choice for, uh, for you today. That is Need Your Love from Tennis, uh, the fifth album from that band out of, Co out of Colorado, right, um, Alicia? Denver. Yeah. Denver, Colorado. Yeah, indeed. Um, so they are they are sort of a buried treasure in terms of their national recognition, but they're, they're a pretty big deal there, right? Kind of. They were blog darlings when they first put out their debut single about a decade ago, where national blogs picked up on them before Colorado did. Oh, interesting. 
Okay. And then now they've they've grown. They've started up their own music label, and they're a band to watch. But we do adore them here in Denver. And I just wanted to give them a little extra love because this record of theirs is so impressive. And I think that they're really onto something. They're kind of having this moment where they chose to break free from their music label and they're doing things on their own terms and i really respect all their artistic choices that they've been making tennis they are not brand new they've been working hard for a decade but alicia is very excited about their new album if you have got a pick for an album we need to hear call and leave a message on our hotline 888-859-1800 or contact us on the social medias facebook or twitter After break, Greg and I will dig up some more buried treasures. Plus, Alicia has one more pick as well. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and we're going through some of our recent favorite records that haven't gotten as much attention as they should. Today, we're joined by Alicia Sweeney of Indy 102.3 in Denver. Alicia, you've got another pick for us, right? I do. So this one's out of Philly. Okay. Frances Quinlan, she put out one of the first great records of 2020, if you ask me. The debut solo album from this front woman of the Philadelphia act Hop Along, who I've loved them for years. Mm. And then now Frances Quinlan putting out her first solo record. It's called Likewise. Okay. And you actually picked a cover to play. Yeah. Okay. So I don't do this with all artists and bands, but I was falling for her first couple of singles that she put out before the album came out. And then when the album was out on the release day, I put it on to listen from beginning to end. And that's when I had that buried treasure moment was the final track, the song that surprised me. Because it's a song that I've loved for so many years, and she reimagined it. And you said it's a cover. It is a cover. It's Built to Spills, Carry the Zero from the crown jewel indie rock record, Keep It Like a Secret. You took it with you when you moved and got it broke. We found the pieces, we counted them I wanted to investigate uh, Alicia's picks here, so of course Greg and I were listening, you know, and it's like, wow, this doesn't sound anything like Built to Spill. I mean, Built to Spill wishes it was doing always kind of crazy horse Neil Young <laughs> always had, you know, to some degree. And this goes in a completely different direction. Sometimes a cover can really illustrate what's uniquely personal about an artist. Absolutely. And I love her take on it because she sings these mopey, powerful lyrics from an impressionable song from my youth and just breathes this new life into it. Excellent. Have you seen her live, Alicia? I have. I've seen Hop Along. I haven't seen Francis Quinlan solo yet. All right. We're all good. Thank you, Alicia, so much. 
Thank you so much, very much. I appreciate it. Greg, it is your turn for another buried treasure. Yes, I have another one. Uh, going to Hamburg, Germany for this one. A Sea Surfer is the name of the group. Actually, it's a one-man project with a rotating cast of uh, collaborators. One Dirk Knight, who has uh, been active in the German uh, electro scene since the 90s, working with people like Robin Guthrie from Cocktail Twins back mm. then. Uh, the debut album for his latest project, Sea Surfer, came out in 2014. And uh, now he has worked with a variety of female vocalists in this project. Uh, the vocalist on this particular track, that a new single that they just put out, is Apollonia. Not the Apollonia from Not the Prince, the Prince Apollonia. A different Apollonia. Okay. Right. He's one of those uh, fixtures in the dark wave movement, a branch of electronic music that grew out of post-punk and goth in the late 70s. Mm. And we, we see elements of dream pop and shoegaze music as well in, in this music. I think this is an entrancing track uh, featuring Apollonia's vocals. Lover's Breakdown from Sea Surfer on Sound Opinions. Sea Surfer with Lover's Breakdown, one of my buried treasures. So, uh, again, with the goth, are you? that's why you're wearing the black eyeliner I'm in a dark phase today. right now. Are you it's, in a dark it's winter. Place? It's winter in Chicago. You oh, know? yeah. I'm that, thinking that, dark that, thoughts. That'll make anybody, it turn anybody sunny uh, yeah. into goth. I'm going to talk about a pop artist, Greg, a very unusual one, from Los Angeles, Ashley Zara. Uh, she grew up in Iran and was fascinated with bits and pieces of Western music that were making uh, its its way there. Pink Floyd, Madonna, and Natalie Cole. Now, there's a mm. playlist for you, as well as <laughs> traditional uh, Iranian singers and Iranian pop singers. Uh, you know, based in Los Angeles now, uh, all of this is in her background. Uh, she is a lover of EDM, but she's also a lover of those kind of, uh, you know, atmospheric, uh, heavy 
duty uh, Lord. She she mentions Lord, mm-hmm. and it's a good comparison, right? Uh, pop with some mood in it. Um, she released on Valentine's Day a single called Like I Do, which she has written about uh, envisioning this playing at ear-crushing volume, getting everybody mm. on the dance floor in a club, uh, you know, celebrating, uh, celebrating I love myself. <laughs> I am not connected right now in a romantic relationship. There are a lot of creepy people around me who would like a piece of me, and I'm not going to give them even the time of day. I love myself. I respect myself. And that is uh, the love I have at the moment. Now, you know, I think this is a great, you know, it hit me. I got it on Valentine's Day. Here's a Valentine's Day song. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I'm like, wow, all right, this is great. And there's an album coming soon. Uh, she's uh, finishing up now. It's called Better Mess. But the song is Like I Do by Ashley Zara on Sound Opinions. It's fine. I know someone cuter than you anyway. Oh, it's fine. They all think they're leaving me behind. Oh, what a lie. They didn't know I was the leader of tribe. Who knows how to treat a body right? Always go home alone and I like it there. Ashley Zara, like I do. Fun stuff. It is indeed. The group that I am going to focus on is called The Men. Man, talk about an unsexy name, right? But uh, they've been around for a while. They've been... Uh, they've got eight albums formed in Brooklyn in 2008. And early on, I don't know if you remember this group, Jim, but they did get some love uh, from the blogosphere yeah. when they first started out. I think you, you were talking about seeing them at South by Southwest once. Many, many years ago. And I do remember liking them. And then there was a period of creative stagnation. I read some interviews with one of the band members saying there was just a period there where they they no longer felt truly inspired. Well, they are coming back with a new album called Mercy. 
Uh, and it, it is, it's starting to incorporate some of the things that started to creep into their music as they progress through their albums. They started out as a straight-ahead, pretty much of a noise rock band, but they started incorporating elements of country, surf, even doo-wop into their music. Mm. And you can hear, I think much like uh, you were talking about your, your previous uh, Buried Treasure, the the notion that you have to be one thing is sort of a you know a lost cause in the 21st century. There's yeah, so much music out there to draw from, and these guys certainly are. If you go to their Mercy LP, you're going. There's about 17 people living in this in this music, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the one track I'm going to focus on is one of the more straightforward tracks on the record. It's squeezed between a 10 minute trance jam and this bluesy number and a country road song. Here is one of the more straightforward rock songs called Breeze from the Men on Sound Opinions. That's Breeze from the Men on Sound Opinions, one that, of my uh, favorite treasures. Playing that was making me want to jump up and down and go, oi, 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 oi. Back to their early days with that song. There is a lot of punk in there. Uh, Greg, I have one more track, one more buried treasure for this installment. Comes from uh, also some familiar uh, faces around Chicago. Joe Adamic and Jim Becker were members for a decade or so of Caliphone, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Rutilli's band. And uh, they have also played uh, with Iron and Wine, backing up uh, that act. Um, now they have a group together, Lenzon. And uh, they are putting out a debut album, self-titled uh, debut, of instrumental music on a, a new up-and-coming uh, music arts collective record label called Hippo Machine. Uh, it's its second release, is the 
Lanzone debut. Um, and, and this is just wonderful. You know, I was skeptical at times of some post-rock, mm. that Chicago really based scene of, of complicated instrumental music. I mean, when Tortoise was good, they were good. But when they weren't, they were not. Uh, uh, Lanzone is much more or as much any old Morricone spaghetti yeah. western soundtrack music as they are complicated, you know, let's be progressive rock, but without flesh. Um, I, I think you'll hear uh, what I'm talking about. It's always hard to talk about instrumental music, but but they've given the songs wonderfully colorful titles. And Mexican Dracula yeah. is one of them. And, and darn, that's what it sounds like, a Mexican Dracula. Uh, they describe it uh, in, their, in their brief uh, letter to the press as a drum and Casio duet performed live in full rawness like a band on the beach in Rio de Janeiro <laughs> after huffing out of a Coke bottle. Uh, man, and yeah, okay. okay, I yeah. see that. And yeah. then I got the Dracula stuff, too. So Mexican Dracula by Lenzone. Is Lanzone Mexican Dracula. Jim, I got this record too, and you hit on exactly the track I would have played as well. That's awesome. I love that I, song. I love the opener Jelly Roll yeah. as well. You know, but how can you not love a song called Mexican it, Dracula? Right away, you got to, this is gonna be good, right? And it is. Uh, if you've got an album that is flying under the radar that everyone should hear our listeners, let us know. Give us a call at 888-859-1800 or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. Coming up, we're going to visit the Desert Island Jukebox with Mr. DeRigatis, and we're going to figure out what song got Briston Maroney hooked on Sonics. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Yeah. Oh. 
remember? We were shipwrecked together. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRigatis, and as often as possible, we like to take a trip to the desert island to play a track we cannot live without. This week, it is Jim's turn. Greg, um, you know, every once in a while you hear a song that you have not heard or thought about for a very long time. Sometimes it's indicative of an entire artist's catalog, and you go down that rabbit hole and are happy to go down there. So I was watching uh, one of those wonderful limited-run six- or eight-episode uh, European shows called The Dublin Murders. And uh, out of the blue, it, you know, with no particular connection to the scene— comes Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick by Ian Dury <laughs> yeah. and the Blockheads. And I'm like, I have not thought of Ian Dury and the Blockheads since, like, you know, 1980s, when I'm listening to WPIX, New York's yeah. new wave radio station, right? And it's a fascinating story, and there's a wonderful discography of at least three truly great songs and a few other scattered moments. Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick was uh, the first big hit by Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Sex and drugs and rock and roll and reasons to be cheerful part three mm. uh, basically you know ian would give us a list and, and he would mm. you know yeah. in, in hit me with your rhythm stick it's a list of places he'd rather be than soggy cold britain under margaret thatcher and the other sex and drugs and rock and roll are things he likes and so are reasons to be cheerful you know dury though stands up as more than a novelty hit maker in some ways he was a bridge between music hall disco mm-hmm. and punk rock, yeah. right? I mean, there was plenty of music hall, that British sound in punk rock, but not with the disco. I mean, he loved to dance, mm-hmm. ironically, because as a child, he was stricken with polio, and he grew up alternately abled. He had uh, a heck of a sense of humor about this. Uh, he wrote a song at one point for United Nations uh, uh, campaign to recognize uh, people with alternate abilities that he called... Uh, spasticus autisticus. Mm. <laughs> they didn't adopt it, mm. <laughs> you know. But Ian could laugh at himself, and uh, you know he seems to have been a jolly good fellow to be in a band with because he played with some of the greats of that English scene at the time. They recorded for Stiff Records, uh, had this couple a uh, series of, of hits, and then kind of faded, you know, faded from view. Uh, but he went on to have a career as an actor. He's in uh, Peter Grenaway's uh, a classic film, The Cook. The Thief, mm. His Wife, and Her Lover, and it's like, wow, one of the mm. weirdest films I ever saw. Made movies with Roman Polanski. Uh, died way too young in 2000 uh, of cancer. Um, but, you know, it's rare to see people that are not traditional rock stars, period. You know, whether we're talking about Lizzo or whomever, you know, uh, David Thomas of Perubu, right? right? But then also th- this guy who has, obviously has uh, challenges uh, controlling his body and his movements, you know, being like, I don't care. I'm a rock star. Mm. Hit me with your rhythm stick, baby. You know, and, and, and these lyrics in the deserts of Sudan and the gardens of Japan, from Milan to Yucatan, every woman, every man, hit me with your rhythm stick. And it just goes like, how can you hear this song and not be happy? Ian Dury and the Blockheads on Sound Opinions. Every man. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me with your rhythm stick. 
Slowly hit me quick, Greg. Ian Dury and the Blockheads. Uh, uh, hit me with your rhythm stick. That's a little bit of the song Steve's First Bruise by Knoxville singer, songwriter, and guitarist Briston Maroney. It's one of two singles he put out in late 2019 that showcases penchant for blending folk and rock and clever lyrics. He's released four EPs in the relatively short time he's been making music, the last two on his label, Canvasback, which also represents artists ranging from Ben Gibbard and Alt-J to Frightened Rabbit. Our beloved producer, Alex Claiborne, talked with Briston about the song that got him hooked on Sonics as an 11-year-old boy. My name is Briston Maroney, and the song that got me hooked on Sonics was Dear Prudence by the Beatles. on the first disc of the White Album. My dad had this huge CD collection 
that took up an entire wall in our living room. And I just remember going and looking through all the CDs, and it was right next to, like, Evil Empire by Rage Against the Machine. (laughs) And I remember being like, I should start with this one that looks less terrifying than the Rage Against the Machine album. So I picked out White Album, knew it was two discs, had no idea what I was about to get into. I fell asleep listening to it that night, and I remember, like, waking up, Fever Dream style, to Dear Prudence playing, and I was so moved at 11 years old. I was like, man, this is probably what it feels like to smoke weed or something. And it was <laughs> it was awesome. And then I did not stop listening to that song over and over. I just loved how anthemy it was and just how gentle but impactful. And it was one of those songs that I remember going to school and telling my friends about it. And we were like 11 or something, you know, being like, this song's so beautiful. And then my friends listening to it and being like, this is not good. And being really mad that no one else seemed to understand that. So that song, it was one of the first times that I I felt a special connection to a song that I didn't think other people did. My dad didn't even know we had that CD. He's not a very big Beatles fan at all. He's into pretty pretty mainstream music. I mean, he likes a lot of 90s grunge, a lot of Seattle bands and things like that. He grew up on that. But the Beatles for me were like finding that on my own. More than anything, I didn't even know who the Beatles were. It wasn't like an image of them that really stood out to me. I know so many people have stories of like, yeah, you know, this was my Beatle. I loved this person, this person. But I was, I thought no one had heard of them. So hearing that record, I was like, holy, holy crap, this is awesome to find a record that I discovered on my own. And so that lit the fire for me. And then later on, you know, I get to high school and I'm like, I know the Beatles and every cool kid knew so much more than me. And I was like, okay, I'll go back to listening to John Mayer. That tinge of just like sadness also in a in a happy sounding song is, is really cool to me as well. I definitely think every time I pick up a guitar, I wish I could write a song like Dear Prudence and I wish I could write a song that was there for someone the way that song was for me. That is Briston Maroney talking about Dear Prudence by the Beatles, the song that got him hooked on Sonics. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, in honor of Leap Day. I mean, how often can we say that? In honor of Leap Day, we're going to do songs about time. For more sound opinions, listen to the podcast wherever you get such thingies. As always, we want to thank our producers. They're all beloved, Greg, not just Alex. (laughs) That's true. Brendan Banizak, Alex Claiborne, Iana Contreras, and Andrew Gill. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. Now it's three in the morning, and I'm trying to change your mind. Left you multiple calls until my message you replied. Why'd you only call me when you're high? 
Juice. Hi, this is Jeff Harrington calling from Allentown, PA. And I just wanted to thank you guys for having this great show about King Crimson. And I wanted to share with you that they have intersected with my life on three different occasions. The first was when I was a college student in 1969, and I heard and was blown away by the album in the Court of the Crimson King. I thought it was simply amazing music, but I was so terrified of the cover. I hid it, and I I, I couldn't stand to look at it. The second time that they intersected with my life was in, I think, 1982, when the college kids downstairs, uh, now I was in my career, when they turned me on to discipline. And uh, really, it was mind-blowing because it was so different from what I was used to. The third intersection of the band in my life was years ago when they played at Allentown Symphony Hall where I work and uh, none of my colleagues knew who they were very few of them anyway but uh, they delivered an amazing show and I thank you guys for uh, highlighting their career it was uh, so very satisfying to hear and I learned a lot thank you this is Michael from San Jose California Jim and Greg thank you for your tribute to Andy Gill the great guitarist of Thing of Four saw Gang of Four for the first time in September 1979 when they played the People's Temple in San Francisco, which was not really a rock venue. And this was the People's Temple where Jim Jones had preached. And this was in within one year after the Jonestown Massacre. And Gang of Four took that place by storm. Andy Gill's guitar was like tossing out jagged bolts of lightning. It was an indelible, scintillating performance. I have never seen anything like it to this day. It stuck with me, and I saw the Gang of Four every time they came back. Uh, Just loved that band, loved entertainment, listened to it nonstop, and thank you again for promoting and remembering Andy Gill and the Gang of Four. Thank you. Hi, guys. My name is Greg. I'm calling you from Temple, Texas, right in the middle of the state. I would like to see Janis Joplin in the hologram tour. I'd like to see that power. I'd like to see the real Janis. I never got to do that. I've seen film. I've seen video. I have records, but I want to see Janis do it. Thanks, guys. Hi, this is Hallie calling from Chagrin Falls, Ohio. I would love to see a hologram concert of Paul McCartney. First time I saw him was maybe three, four years ago. It was fabulous. Maybe I'm a man, or maybe I'm the only one. I know that I'm a happy. 
Absolutely. It would be great. Thanks. Rock on. No more messages. To share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.